We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. If you see construction and remodeling around Lincoln and wonder what it is, send us an approximate address, a photo if you have it, and tell us what you do know. We will check it out. And this segment is possible today because of Lower Platte South Natural Resource District and our new sponsors, Body Fit Training and Sorghum United. Coming up on the show, Dr. Eric Thompson will be in back to school at UNL College of Business. They've got some new faculty over there, and he's got um, an economic forecast, what Nebraskans think the economy is going to do in Lincoln and the surrounding state in the next few months. Yes, and Kevin Custer from uh, LPED is going to be on talking about uh, college interns. Roger Frank, just back from Australia. He's with Frank Financial Concepts. How is the economy there compared to here? Some, sometimes we feel like we're just the only ones, but, you know, the world is still recovering from the events of a few years ago. Certainly are. And we're going to get some time management tips from Mike uh, Hahn from Body Fit Training. We want to welcome to the studio Dr. Eric Thompson with the UNL College of Business. He's the... Um, guy in the economics department over there. How are you doing today? Oh, quite, quite well. Um, you have some new colleagues, I heard, at the business college, six new faculty. I know, it's exciting. And uh, of course, I'm most familiar with the new faculty in economics. We have two new faculty in our department. Uh, Garrett Anstryker, who's joining us from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, he just got his PhD. And he does research on uh, economic mobility and the things that help uh, or things that uh, influence people's human capital development. Oh, so that's be, interesting. Yeah, he'll be teaching courses for us in labor economics and statistics and empirical methods. Uh, Michael Ricks uh, is joining us from the University of Michigan. He actually uh, got his Ph.D. last year, but was at a postdoc with the National Bureau of Economic Research over the last year. Um, and uh, he works on a variety of applied public policy issues in his research and will be... Uh, offering classes in that area, as well as a microeconomics class to our, 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 our undergraduates, principles of microeconomics. So we're excited to have them uh, teach, working with us and teaching our undergraduate and graduate students. I, I'm always interested when people do come from other states and when they choose to come to Nebraska, was that a big, te- you know, was that part of our conference connection or is it just that your department had this stellar national reputation and they came here because of you? It's mostly because it's mostly because of our guest. <laughs> well, I, I think my, my colleagues, my colleagues in the department, uh, yeah, are great people to work with. And I think, I think that helped us and, uh, our, our university's reputation and, uh, and just, I think being in the Big Ten has helped a lot. That, that was a part of, of attracting their... faculty. Yeah, That's... yeah, good. Well, talking about teaching classes, what classes are you going to be teaching? I'm going to be teaching intermediate microeconomics. So for the students that loved econ- microeconomics class so much, they're, they're ready for the second one. I'll be I'll be teaching that, and we'll go in more into more depth about uh, you know the the thinking about the structure of uh, various industries, the market structure, and uh, is it competitive or oligopoly, things like that? Um, 
and uh, going over more detail. I think you know they're going to learn where demand curves come from yes. and supply curves in more detail, and, and just really uh, learn the uh, learn the principles of microeconomics in a more fundamental level. Um, I'm also teaching a class on uh, research methods for the first semester honors academy students at the College of Business. So that's uh, fun as well. Oh, cool. You get the best of the best. I'm I'm always curious about how students get interested in economics as a c- career path. Do they come to you right out of high school knowing that this is something they're interested in or they got into during high school? Or is it something that sort of evolves during their college years and they find it once they've gone down the path of the college experience? A little, little of both. So uh, there's a lot of great economics teachers out there in our high schools. Hmm. Uh, my colleague Jennifer Davidson, actually with the Nebraska Council of Economic Education, works with those teachers a lot. So a lot of students are focused on studying economics when they arrive. A lot of other students pick it up when they get here. They hear from other students about the classes. Uh, in some cases, they're required to take a class, and then they realize they love economics. But that triggers and, their yeah, interest. Yeah. Decide to major with us. Yeah. Um, well, let's jump hey, into that. We, we need your economic report. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> that's why we had you in. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> okay, I'll stop talking about the university. <laughs> no, sorry, um, sorry. <laughs> we got uh, off there. Um, yeah, it actually looks a little better this month. So uh, we had one of our weaker uh, economic outlook readings last month, but the monthly indicators are only pre- preliminary. It's not done. But four of the six components are in. They're all positive to various degrees. Good. Um, so uh, there'd been an increase in un- initial unemployment claims, but that now has fallen back down a little bit. Okay. Uh, value of the dollar actually fell a little bit last month. Uh, now it's creeping up this month. But as of last month, uh, it was falling. When you is, were surveying yeah, everybody. which is good for the exporters. The businesses were positive about sales and employment growth. So this is our first indicator that maybe the economic growth can continue even through the beginning of 2024. So um, I still think, there's got to be something of an economic slowdown, but the leading indicator suggests next six months should be fine. That's, well, that's, that's good. That's good news. And if there's going to be a slowdown, let's let's just not let it happen in Nebraska. Well, yeah, I think recently Nebraska's done a little better than the U.S. during these weaker periods. Now, you know, we usually don't grow quite as fast during the booming periods Correct. either. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly possible that, there might be a national slowdown, but if it's shallow, maybe we can keep growing here. That'd be great. Well, that is good news. Very good news. Well, thanks a lot for coming and have a, we really wish you a good year here at the Business College. You're doing so many good things and they have such great resources for our business people. It's worth it to get on the website and look for those seminars and offerings and even, you know, graduate classes and master's classes that they have. It's always good to learn something. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up next, Kevin Custer will be in from Lincoln Partnership of Economic Development, wrapping up their summer programming that connects college interns to their community and peers. We'll hear from him. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Robin Eshleman of Eshleman Commercial Real Estate with you today. And Dave Albers of the Albers Company. And this segment is possible today because of Service Master Professional Building Maintenance, University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business, 
and our new sponsor, Trans World Business Advisors. We have Kevin Custer, and today he is with Lincoln Partnership of Economic Development and the Chamber of Commerce. I'm going to talk to him about several things. There's a new tax credit out for North Lincoln businesses, a summer intern program, and just a, a lot of information about what LPED is and what it's up to. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I was I was excited to be here the first time, but now I feel uh, honored to be under, under the distinguished few that get invited back. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take it honored as my word of the day. Oh, how oh, nice. That's nice. Well, we're glad to have you. I don't know if we can actually believe him anymore, so we may have to take him <laughs> off the air. <laughs> well, it's been nice. Appreciate it. Well, talk a little bit about your summer interns. We just came off of a so the last segment was University of Nebraska College of Business, and he said, "Well, I gotta I gotta grab Kevin when I walk out of here because I need some of those interns." How did it go for you this past yeah, summer? It, it was great. So the, the actual program itself is called My Turn. Uh, I'll give a couple shout outs. Kaylee My Hogan. Turn. My Turn. Yep. Uh, Kaylee Hogan Schnitker, who's our director of talent strategy, that's kind of her baby, along with a, an awesome intern we had ourselves, Jacob Sadlachek. Um, they ran that program. It's been running for about six years. And basically, on a macro scale, the idea is to help support the businesses that have really successful internship programs that are huge pieces of their talent acquisition strategy and do that in the summer to to give those interns a connection beyond to that specific business that they're with, a connection to the community, mm. a connection to other interns. Um, because we always talk about we want – with the talent that we have flowing in from – Staying in Lincoln, coming from other parts of the state, and then coming from around the country, we want to maximize that and create what we call a sticky community. So um, the My Turn program is set up to do that. What, what it actually looks like, it's a series of events. There's four signature events. This year they were a salt dogs game, they were mini bowling, they were mini golf, and then a happy hour. Um, basically trying to invite all those interns to get to know each other and make a memorable experience in the community even beyond their experience at the business that they're at. Well, good, good. And by the way, uh, if can they look this up at LPAD? And the way you spell turn, it's T-E-R-N. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's something I just think our, our listeners need to know because it's a little bit different. Yeah, how, yeah. Do, how do you find my turn? Yeah, so yeah. go to so if you go to LPAD's website, which is selectlincoln.org, you're okay. going to be able to find under the talent um, uh uh, pages to get you to my turn. Selectlincoln.org. Well. Yep. And so we're always looking, basically we're looking for a continued uh, partnership and engagement from businesses next summer, as well as more interns. We had, we had a, um, over 300 interns express some interest in my turn. Um, 176 actually came to the programming itself. And the ones that didn't come still received a newsletter that let them know about this concert going on or this festival or this different So they could still show up at some of these activities yeah. even though they may not have fully participated. Yeah, ex exactly. And they're going to get something out of it even if for some reason their schedule didn't allow them to be to the in-person um, in person events. They're still going to get information that they otherwise may not know about our community just through participation. Talk about this tax incentive or um, is it a tax rebate for, yeah, so for businesses up in North Lincoln? This for, is significant. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'll try not to blow out the speaker as I talk about this. But um, so I'll, I'll give a little quick background on uh, what's called Imagine Nebraska is the large tax incentive program. Um, and, and it's a great program, but it, it can be a little challenging for smaller businesses to hit. With that program, you need to spend at least a million dollars. You need to hire at least 10 people. Um, for small businesses that are maybe capital intense, that, that maybe they only have three, four people at their operations, some right. small fab shops, 
but they still spend quite a bit of money on upgrades and improvements. There's actually areas of the city, this is only eligible for Omaha and Lincoln, and there's areas of the city um, called economic redevelopment areas. And there, there's a map that I, that I think you have a it's link for. It's on our for. Facebook Perfect. page. Yeah. If those businesses are within those areas, which there is, it's, it's a large area, they can, they can receive tax, basically 5% back, 5% tax credits. Tax credits. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Yeah, yeah tax credits credit. against even just that investment. They're, they, they're, there's a portion that has a job creation piece, but there's one where if they're not adding jobs, but they're adding efficiencies and automation and um, just, what about real estate space? Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, there, there we go. That's a good one, including, honestly, including leasing. If, if, it's a, really? if, they, if they are scheduled, they can't break a current lease to jump into this, but if they're set up to renew a lease, um, those can all go to that. And, and the big thing that I want your listeners to know is they're much more attainable levels. I, I mentioned a second ago, a million dollars. The lowest threshold for this is $50,000 oh, within okay. within a couple of years. You can have two years to reach that 50000 threshold. So a good, good example is just uh, a, a fab shop that buys a new press or, or, or new equipment or expands their real estate. That all qualifies, and then they can use those credits against their sales and use tax, against their income tax, even against their property tax. Do CPAs and accountants know about this? We're beating the drum as loud as we can to yeah, make sure they do. Yeah. Um, so, so what I do as a big part of my job is business retention and expansion visits. So that's going out in the community and talking. And every time I have another arrow in my quiver or some value add, that's great for me. And it's even better for the businesses. I know, I know their time is valuable. So I have really been targeting those areas where I can come in and say, hey, if you have any plans of expansion within the, the foreseeable future, you need to know about this. We have until 2031. Oh, um, so this is a long time. Yeah, we have until 2031 or $8 million. Um, my personal... Whichever comes first? Whichever comes first. <laughs> okay. And I've got, I've got great colleagues and friends in Omaha, but dang it, if we're not going to get more than Omaha... Oh, this, this is a race. Is, it's my race. <laughs> it's I'm, a I'm contest. Gonna, I'm going to make sure that Lincoln can, can utilize this and those small businesses that may feel like incentive programs are built for larger entities, I want them to know that provided they're in these areas, we, we got something that can really, really help you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm here for questions, and I, I'm going to be – hopefully I'll find you, but don't wait for me to find you. Feel free to, feel free to um, connect with me. Now, we've been talking about Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development, yeah. and we know you have an association with the Chamber of Commerce. Explain the distinction and why people might want to get involved in Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development. Yeah, absolutely. In so, addition to the Chamber. Sure, sure. So so we, we kind of view ourselves as one entity, right? The Chamber and LPED. But, but in reality, we are a, a unique organization, a separate organization. A couple silos here. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I would say the biggest way to, to differentiate that is, is really in, in, in our name, the partnership aspect of it. We, we receive half of our funding through a, uh, a contract with the city. So we, although we're not city employees, we have really great relationship with the city, one that they invest in uh, year in over year. The other half of the partnership is we, we do have our own business investors too. So that's so where businesses might, contribute money. Absolutely, to businesses what you're doing. contribute money at different levels, um, all the way up from from a from a board level, where they really kind of help steer our programming, down to uh, I think I believe fifteen hundred is kind of our, our lowest end. But basically, I, I view those as businesses that understand that somebody carrying the torch and a, a group that is carrying the torch of workforce development of 
entrepreneurship and innovation right. and, and business expansion programs like I just mentioned. Right. Th those types of businesses that see that that's important to growth in the community, that's who we want to continue to invest in us. So we're here to serve the entire community, whether you're, um, whether you're a member of our organization or not. But, but we sure appreciate the support of businesses in the community to help us do kind of that, that hard economic development, that recruitment, that expansion, that innovation, and then probably the biggest thing, trying to foster a great, great talent ecosystem through my turn, through um, job fairs, a lot of those different things. So, yeah, we're, we're proud to be wrapped right into the chamber, but we do, uh, we do have some, some unique stuff that we do that we're also quite proud of. Wow, that's great information. Kevin Custer, Lincoln Partnership of Economic Development, which is um, in partnership with the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Thanks a lot for coming in today. Thanks for another invite. We have a map on Facebook and links on Facebook to get to the website to talk about that tax incentive for businesses expanding in North Lincoln. Coming up next, Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts. How does the United States economy look compared with other parts of the Western world? We'll be right back. Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome to Lincoln's Only Business, Real Estate Development and Construction Show on Mass Media in Lincoln. We're here for you with interviews with company owners and news about businesses growing in Lincoln. And this segment is possible today because of Lincoln Airport Authority. Charter Title, and Nebraska Prep Equipment. Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts just spent three weeks in Australia and New Zealand. And it made me curious, Dave, we just kind of think we're experiencing what we're experiencing here and here only. You know, interest rates, stock market, inflation. I thought it'd be fun to ask Roger what, what is it like in other parts of the Western world? Welcome yeah. to the show, Roger. Thanks I, for having me. I was going to say, we picked a, uh, some countries that I think have more similarities than a lot of other countries. But, very, very similar. But a completely different part of the world. And oh, we, yeah. And we do remember yeah. those stories that the pandemic affected them at different times, and they reacted to it yeah. so differently than we did. And Yeah. yeah. But yeah. anyway. You know, the cities that we went to, specifically Australia, Sydney, and Melbourne, uh, you could put that those cities in any U.S. major city, and hmm. it'd be very similar. Maybe some of the buildings might be a little different, but as far as the makeup of the city uh, and the types of businesses, uh, tour guides, you know, all of those types of things, very, very similar. Did you notice their economy? Did it seem the same or different than ours? So the the cities that we were both in New Zealand and, and uh, Australia, uh, very robust, uh, really? lots of activity, uh, lots of people in stores and restaurants. Revenge uh, spending there, too. Yes, <laughs> but, but also visiting with uh, our tour guides that we were on, as well as just local citizens. Uh, they went through a very, very difficult time during COVID, and they were shut down a lot longer than even what we were here in the U.S. So some of those businesses was, uh, you know, struggled. Uh, and I had mentioned to you, Robin, off air uh, about a tour company that uh, had to sell almost all of their vans and buses because they were completely closed down. Oh. They are starting to get back. They're seeing a lot more tours come back and their their business is starting to rebound. But, you know, that's three years later. 
Uh, Isn't that sad? Because what they sold it for, and then we've all seen the inflation in vehicles, and now they have to probably buy it back at three times. Yeah, Yeah, at an inflated. Oh, that is sad to hear. So they have kind of bounced back from COVID, like we have, but maybe maybe slightly, uh, maybe slightly, slightly deeper. I think so because the both countries uh, were very very cautious. Uh, in fact, there's still people that still wear masks over there, just like there is here in the U.S. Uh, when you travel and and so forth. But uh, because they were locked down a lot further than what the U.S., it's taken them a little bit longer to get back to normal. You know, they've got the same inflation, they've got the same supply chain issues that we have. Really, uh, so they're not any different. They're not. They're no are. better off being no. closer to manufacturers and. <laughs> not from what I could tell. Oh, wow. So it, did you pick up any signs of, like, unemployment and with vacant business spaces or anything like that? Did the city yeah. – were all the shops full? You know, we walked uh, the cities wherever we were at quite a bit we, uh, on our off days. And then we, we also went over there for the World Cup uh, as well. So yeah. there's a lot of people from all over the world in those cities, of course. But as walking through those, uh, yes, there was some vacant spaces for buildings, but they were either being renovated or – um, you know, they're going to be rented. By and large, there wasn't a lot. Mm-hmm. Restaurants were full, just as full as what they are here in the U.S. Um, so a lot of people are out. A lot of people are enjoying the, the weather in the cities. Even though the weather is winter there, uh, it was still pretty pleasant. It was be more like fold-like uh, temperatures like it here is here in the U.S. Did the people there talk about the inflation? No, not really. Uh, they didn't but, complain about it. Yeah, or... but my understanding is the inflation is uh, right around the U.S. is maybe even a little bit less, but oh, it's really? in that general category. Yeah, hmm. interesting. Yeah, do they have um, strange business habits compared to? Let's ours? use the word unique. <laughs> or yeah, what, what unusual? Or I mean, there's yeah. got to be a difference between Australia, New Zealand, and the United States. What did you pick up on? You know, by and large, uh, there really wasn't uh, the, a lot of similarities. Uh, the way they do business, uh, certainly the currency exchanges and, and those types of things was different. It's really good for Americans to go to Australia and New Zealand because uh, it it costs us less money to go there versus the other way around. So. Other than that, uh, they're just very, very similar. Uh, I was very surprised uh, with that. At I how was much expecting. like us they are. Very, very much so. And we don't even think about it. Did you um, eat or dine in or go to entertainment in any unusual venues? Yeah, actually, we did. It was in uh, Melbourne. Uh, we we were introduced to a artist. We were walking down the street and saw this uh, gallery. Uh, in Melbourne, they, and this particular artist does hand-drawn uh, locations around Melbourne. So that kind of drew us into his shop, and we got to visiting with him. And he said, you know, you got to try this French restaurant. It has only been open for about a week and a half, two weeks at that particular time. And so we were able to get reservations through him because he knows a person of a person to get in, which was kind of fun. But what we didn't know was this particular French restaurant was in the original stock exchange building in Melbourne. Wow, that's interesting. Did so they made it into a restaurant. Did know that you're a financial advisor? Did he know that? He did. He did. did he you know, he asked what figured? we did and uh, those types of things. Uh, but that wasn't necessarily the reason. But what I found was interesting. They just made it into a really elegant restaurant. Huh. Yeah, I could see where a building like that would make a great, sure. a great restaurant. Did it have a lot of the uh, old oak wood type of stuff? 
that you think of? No, not when, when, not when at you all. have that or no. They it was uh, a lot of the plaster casting, you know, from you know what you'd say the nineteen tens, nineteen twenties, you know that that era. That lath uh, and plaster walls. And yeah, okay. beautiful stained glass window oh, uh, nice. in there. Um, yeah, it was it was gorgeous. There's always there's always someone willing to start a restaurant in an unusual yeah. Yeah, <laughs> place. Absolutely. Oh, fun stuff. Well, we've been talking to Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts. It's kind of good to hear other countries are going through the same thing we are. Yeah, yes. And coming out of the pandemic just fine. Yeah, absolutely. So, coming up next. We are going to have time management as our subject. We're going to talk to someone about incorporating fitness and health into your already busy schedule. How does he do that? Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. If you missed the first part of the show, our podcast is on the KLIN website as soon as the show is over and also on Apple Podcasts. That's new. We're here to make business relevant and even fun to learn about. This segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, and Electrical, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor Evnen Wolf and Tannehill Law Firm. We have all these corporations that sponsor our show, and they keep extending their names and making them longer. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm just glad that the, so many of them have been with us for years and years. 13 years, yeah. yeah. So I, I appreciate them. Yeah. Announced this week in a letter and a press release, Brian LifePoint is closing 7501 South 27th. Um, it's a it's their fitness center that closes on September 30, and they mentioned several new private sector entrants into the fitness market that have come into Lincoln lately, and they feel that there's plenty of those, and we don't need to be doing this anymore. Um, one of them is Mike Hahn. He's with Body Fit Training, and he just opened up across from Costco in South Lincoln. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm I'm doing well, Robin. Thank you for asking. Yes. And I hear you've already done a reach out to Brian to let him know. I have. We I went over there, talked to them yesterday. They're very very gracious to to talk with me, which I appreciated quite a bit. And and hopefully, you know, I, I never like to see when when fitness places um, close. I, I think you know everyone should have access to some good quality fitness and and for their health and well being. But you know, if we're able to help some of those members out, you know. That's what we're here for, and and know that they have a a good welcoming home that they can go to over here at Body Fit Training. And and real quickly summarize the niche of fitness that you specialize in. Yeah, absolutely. So we do primarily uh, group strength training, but we also do strength and conditioning. And so we are all class based. Um, with uh, trainer led classes, so we'll have personal trainers in each class and. The, what makes us a little bit different, a little bit unique, is that we have all the equipment you might see in a big box gym, but we utilize that in kind of a circuit-style setting, um, so everyone gets the opportunity to use the equipment that we have. We have progressive programming, so you're always working towards something. And uh, like I said, we do strength and conditioning, so you kind of get the best of both worlds. We don't leave any particular type of training out, and uh, you know that's what you get with here at BodyFit Training. You know, thinking of people that you know that weren't exercising, then kind of adopted uh, fitness into their lives and stuck with it. How do you, how did they make that work? Well, obviously, to make fitness work, you have to make time in your day or your schedule to do those things. 
And the people that have done the best that I've seen over the, the course of my career is they made that a priority, right? They, you can always um, find something else to do, but as long as you make it a priority, you're going to fit it into your day. You're going to make that part of your daily schedule, you know, and maybe some, some times at the beginning, they have to maybe actually put it into their calendar and make sure that, mm. you know, <laughs> that I, I have an appointment. I go. I'm here. <laughs> no, and, I'm sorry. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. And our, actually, our scheduling app does that for people. You can actually put your schedule right into their calendar. So that's part of the technology that we use um, to help people out with their time management. But ultimately, they find a day and a time that works for them. So for instance, a lot of people think, well, the best time of the day to work out is in the morning, right? Well, if you're not a morning person, you're probably going to fail never at that. Work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to know yourself first. The people who do the best know themselves first, know what their schedule is like, you know, talk it over with their spouse or even their work to make sure that they can find a time that works for them. And then once again, they made it a priority to do such things. And ultimately that's how they stick with it down the road. What have you had to let go in your life to, you know, here you are adding fitness, not only adding fitness to your personal life and your family and your kids, but starting a new business. Mm -hmm. What have you had to let go? Well, you know, some, some of my hobbies, you know, I like to do, my wife and I like to do home, home improvement projects and I like to work in the garage, do woodworking, stuff like that. That's kind of taken a backseat to some things over the last, you know, six to eight months. And that's okay. You know, they'll come back a time, you know, when I have a little bit more time to do that. But, you know, fitness, obviously doing what I do is very important to me. So I have to make time for that. Um, then obviously just having a new business uh, takes a lot of time and effort to make sure that it's running smoothly as well. So yeah, sometimes you have to sacrifice a few things. Um, but ultimately, you know, we haven't sacrificed time with, with the kids or, or, you know, those things that are really important. But some of the hobbies that I had, yeah. I'm about to come back to those in a few few uh, months or so down the road. Sure. Do you have a favorite technology that you use for time management? You know, just a, a basic calendar. You know, and if my wife listens to this, she's like, you need to use your calendar more. <laughs> yeah. so, but honestly, you know, just having a calendar, we have got a good family calendar system. So we know, like, with the kids got to have to be picked up, you know. You're all invitees onto yes, each other's we're all, calendars. We all got that, that Google invite that we use. And so we know where everyone's at at any particular time. And that has really helped us out as a family. You know, we've done some stuff on a whiteboard at home that kind of, hey, this is what we got going on. Um, but ultimately, now with technology, yes, just, you know, syncing calendars, stuff you just couldn't do maybe even 10 years ago. You know, you can sync calendars with four or five people in your family and you can know where everyone is at any particular time. And that's, you know, that's really important when you got a lot of things that especially parents are trying to juggle with kids and sports and activities and stuff sure. like that. So find it on your phone, figure out how to use it if you don't well, know. Well, I'm with you, though. You got to have a calendar. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm big on that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I have all these alerts like I. I tell Siri, remind me, you know, at one thirty this afternoon and things pop up. And then you have to kind of figure out, is it important enough to put on my calendar? And it kind of goes back to something you said. There is always something that comes up. Mm -hmm. And I have to put that in a bucket that's this is important but not urgent. You exactly. know, so trying to sort out how to prompt yourself is not always easy. And and when it comes to to exercise and fitness, people can put that into it's important but not urgent. And sometimes then they let that go a little bit, you know, and it's like, oh man, I could I could really, you know, dust the chandelier today and that sounds better than going to the gym. There's <laughs> always something. Yeah. And yeah. 
But if, as long as you make sure that and, and think about the, the outcome down the road, you know, I used to always tell people that if you can come in today, you're closer to your goals today than you were yesterday. But if you put it off, you're one day further out down the road. Yeah. So where are you going to be in six months if you come today or not? And then you build rapport, you build, you know, a relationship with the gym and ultimately you're going to get what you want out of it because consistency builds results. Yeah, and there, there's trade-offs. I mean, obviously the chandelier, you know, you're getting some stretching done that you wouldn't do in a gym, but you don't get that heart rate up. And you if don't. that chandelier is an interruption every day, you're hurting yourself. You you certainly are, yes. Yeah, yeah. well, fun stuff. Thanks, Thanks a lot for Mike. coming in and sharing a little bit about you and your family, too, and, yes. you know, sharing how you make that work. Yes, absolutely. Coming up next, businesses opening, closing, and moving all over Lincoln. This city is my city. And I love it, yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here, I got it made here. And if I have my way, I'm gonna stay every corner. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 Welcome back to Grow Lincoln with Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers. This segment is possible today because of Realtors Association of Lincoln. Sarder Heyman Jewelers and Lincoln Electric System. In East Lincoln at 70th and A at Brentwood Estates, they are experiencing a $1.5 million renovation. According to Strictly Business Magazine, um, they are getting fitness and commons, energy efficient lighting, updated kitchens and bathrooms. Boy, that's not... That's not easy or cheap. How do you do that with all those people living in there? Yeah. I, That's amazing that they can even do it. I suspect there's they've got a quite a lengthy schedule. Yeah, it seems Robin, like you'd to have to that. wait for a person to move out and then go in one at a time, but they're doing kind of a mass project. It sounds that way. Quite a quite a project. Uh out on 69th Street, uh, 7120 South 69. So that'd be 70th and Pine Lake Road. Yeah. And, uh, Edward Jones is putting in uh, new interiors into that location. You know, those that's Edward around, Jones. That's around 50, about. $50,000 $50, building permit, by the way. I, I bring this up because Edward Jones, I, I, I need to double check to find out how many locations they have in town, but. They pop up all the time. They, they've got quite a few, and they're very strict. I've worked with them on a, a couple of locations. They have real strict corporate requirements, and they put a lot of money into the offices. And so this is by the roundabout near Home Depot, right? 69th yes. Street? Yep, yep. It would be 69th. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about Cedars. A little bit of nonprofit news. Cedars, um, that is, they do a lot. They're a nonprofit who deal quite a bit with children and um, children's needs. They are at 66th and Pioneers. They want to construct a 9,000 square foot indoor rec center in between their main building, which has been there for I don't know, a century? <laughs> well, I mean, not quite that been long. There but for it's, half a it's century been or a, at a least long a, at time. Least a, probably at least a half a At uh, least a half a century, yeah. Um, it's a real iconic building, but they've got a main building and then they've got a basketball court. That I don't know that you can see that from the road, but when they construct this rec center, it, they will have a half-court gym and cardio and fitness for kids who need a place to come and work out. 
Well, that's awfully nice. They do so much good work uh, in town. I, I, they're a very good organization. They are a titan in the Lincoln nonprofit world. Yeah, no doubt. Let's uh, jump to Village Gardens, which is at 56 and Pine Lake. Robin? Maven Tile and Stone. Um, so if you're doing something with your patio outside or even something inside your house, they are expanding at Village Gardens at 56 and Pine Lake Road over there near Campbell Nursery. Um, their address is 7011 Kentwell Lane. Um, getting some new tile collections once they do this expansion. And Robin, we have a new uh, restaurant opening at Edgewood, uh, which is a 56th and Highway 2 slash Nebraska Parkway uh, in the old Runza location on the end cap of that strip center. Why don't you tell our uh, listeners about this particular uh, restaurant? It's Filipino food. Um, M.M. Lupia Filipino America American Cuisine is a brand new restaurant that just opened. So this would be kind of over near the theater in one of the little strip center buildings close to Marcus Theater. Um, it's also, I want to point out, it's not the same Filipino store that you see at the farmer's markets at College View and the Haymarket. Um, that one that one tried a location in North Lincoln up on North 27th and I-80. That closed down. This is different, a different restaurant. So they're giving it a go down in South Lincoln, down near Highway 2, to see if they can make that work. And Robin, uh, uh, an unfortunate thing happened, and we talked about it uh, on our segment that we do with Jack Mitchell, and that is Tip Top Tuck's closed both locations in Lincoln. Uh, one of them is at 48th and Normal, and then the other one is uh, 29th and Pine Lake, and they literally just closed the doors and it, in the middle of the night. I didn't realize this until yesterday, but there was also a wedding dress component yes. to what they did. I knew it was tuxes. I guess I m missed the fact that it was wedding dresses, and uh, I know a Lynn Bridal kind of stepped in there and said, "We see, you know, we think we can do this. You know, if if you're in a hurry and you're in a pinch, come over here." I, I mean, I just th this happens in the bridal industry, and I, to me, it just it just sickens me that these places close down so fast with no warning. They are an industry with the most <laughs> sensitive buyer you can imagine. Yeah, And they don't want the drama, so they just shut down overnight with no warning because they don't want to deal with the drama. Well, this is, was a financial thing I happen to be a little bit more familiar with. Uh, they, Yeah, I, it's just, it, it was an issue. Uh, South 27th, the First National Bank of Omaha is doing a remodel, Robin. And the reason why I bring it up, $400,000. Yeah, they are located at South Point Mall, kind of over on the Barnes & Noble end yeah. of the mall right there along 27th Street. Well, Robin, we're going to have to wrap up this segment. That's all for Grow Lincoln. Thanks a lot. And send us photos of businesses opening, closing, or relocating via Facebook or Twitter. Twitter. <laughs>